Welcome back to the Bushnell Project and another installment here of the COVID-19. So we are into day 43 of being locked down as a nation here on April 29th of 2020. And just wanted to touch base. I did a Facebook Live this evening. So if you're curious, didn't see that and you want to go back and see that, rambled on little sunset review. Maybe I'll do that more often. I don't know. And maybe not. But just wanted to encourage us as men who are trying to be men of God, or ladies if you're listening, you as well. But I, I usually speak mostly to the men. And so if that's not who you are, then you're welcome to listen, obviously. And uh, But just know who, my, who I'm looking at as far as my audience goes. And then as men, mostly mostly married men, I have a couple of sons who are not married, and I know there are some men that I have discipled throughout the years, living all over the country, actually, in some parts of the world, so to those men as well. So single men, married men, and of those married men, some of them have children. So I feel I can speak a little bit of wisdom into all of you and encourage you in these crazy, crazy days. So... I want to make a couple of things clear. One, I I really do believe in God, and I believe in Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. I believe He is who He says He is in the Bible. And I believe the Bible, obviously, in the Scriptures. Historically, and as far as literature goes, things like that, if you look at it in just those arenas of academia, you'd have to admit that the Bible is a historical book, that you would have to admit that it's great literature. And so I'm not going to get into all that, but the manuscripts are, are pretty legit. And all of the things that are mentioned throughout the Bible seem to be always backed up by anything the archaeologists seem to find. So there's a lot of science and that backs it up, if you will. So that's who I am. That's what I believe. And I do not believe that COVID-19 is insignificant. I, I think the coronavirus is scary. There's too many unknowns for it not to be scary. It has killed many people. And in some cases, it may not really be the cause of death, but it has contributed in one form or another to now over almost 60,000 deaths here in the United States of America. So that's pretty significant. Now, it's we've had other things that have killed that many or more Americans in the same amount of time in the past, but we, we tend to treat things a little bit differently if we know what it is. So, for instance, the influenza or the flu a couple of years ago. However, those as people who died from those things, it was a known thing, and we weren't we weren't confused by how it spread or where they got it from, and those kind of kind of questions that we're having a hard time getting answered with the coronavirus. So, I want to address a little bit about how do we respond to this, which is something I think we have to be reminded of daily. So, here's a couple of scriptures that I I tend to go to often on a daily basis as I 
pray sometimes without ceasing. It's just an attitude of prayer, if you will. But thinking about these scriptures, one, that this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I change that into a prayer. This is the day that the Lord has made. Help us, Lord, to uh, to delight in it, right? Help us to to rejoice in this day that you have made. Help us to rejoice in everything that comes our way, knowing that because we believe in you and I believe you're a sovereign God, that it has to go through your fingers. Now, we live in a broken world, so how do we respond to these things matters. And so there's some scripture in there that talks to us about being light and being salt. And some of what light does, light sheds light into the darkness. It exposes the lies of the enemy exposes what's there, right? It helps us to see something so we don't trip over it or run into it or that it doesn't scare us. So we we need to be light. And light tends to help us not be scared of what's around us because now we know. We're not confused by what's around us. We now see. And then salt. And there's lots of other things about light, but we, I won't. this isn't a sermon time. And then the salt. Salt's a preserver. It adds it preserves life and it adds flavor to life and so we we need to think about how are we being light how are we being salt in these times and then scripture also tells us that we should love one another this is how they'll know that we are christians how we love excuse me how we love one another and so how are we loving one another so let's talk about within the scope of the people that are closest to us, those people that we're working with, those people who we live with, the people who we interact with on a pretty regular basis. How are we loving them? And then how do we love our neighbors, right? So these are the things that we're supposed to be about. We are not supposed to be about, well, I have a right to get rich or I have a right to live how I want to live. Well, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you yield all those rights to him. And he tells you how you will live. And he shows you how you should live. And so there's a humility to being a Christian. There's definitely a huge humility to being a Christian. And you don't just get to do what your feelings might be projecting for you to do. And so while I may have some feelings that come my way that I know are not from God, I know they are not biblical. I know they are not loving and caring and they are not kind or self-controlled or gentle. And so I need to take captive those thoughts and I need to bring in different thoughts so that the fruit that comes out of me is the same fruit as the Spirit that we see in Galatians chapter 5. And so I want to encourage us in these days that while me, myself, and I are very frustrated by some of the politicking that is going on, that... That's not where my hope is. My hope needs to be in Jesus Christ. My hope needs to be in the promises of what he has laid out for us and to be about building his kingdom. And so this is sometimes hard, but as a father, as a husband, for me as a grandfather, I don't think I'm really ever speaking to any grandfathers, but as a husband, as a father, as a man of God, we need to be praying. And we need to be praying in a biblical way. So this is the day, Lord, that you have made. Help me to rejoice. Help us to rejoice and be glad in it. It's a great prayer to pray with your kids, right? Dads, it's a great way to pray with your wife. To, Lord, we pray for wisdom and understanding. Give us patience. 
Help us as we press on with this day, Lord. Help us to be so satisfied in you that there is a joy in our step, that there is a there's a countenance about us that is different than the gloom that is out there that is surrounding us, that we may project light, and that we may be used by you to reflect your greatness, your light into this dark and dying world. So praying and being biblical in your prayer, but not being all King James-ish, you're having a conversation with God, but as a as as a husband or as a father or as a leader, often your words, you need to think about what are the others hearing because they are hearing, right? So if you're praying out loud in a community, well, you are, it is a communal prayer versus just dialoguing with God. I hear people sometimes say, well, I'm just talking to God. So if you don't like it, get over it. Well, then go talk to God, <laughs> right? Go have that in your closet. God does talk about praying in the closet. So there is a communing with God that's in the closet, it's he and I, and that's going to probably sound quite a bit different than if I'm putting my child to bed or I'm praying with my wife. And I'm not talking about not being transparent. I'm not talking about being fake. It's neither of those. It's just understanding your position as a husband or as a leader in your family or as a, as a person who's leading a community in prayer. How I do this, how do I bring about how do I pray so there's hope? That How do I pray in a way to, to encourage my fellow believers to love one another, to be unified, to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, to have, to have this great hope in this great God who is going to come back one day and make all things new? How do I pray in that way? How do I pray and give God thanks for our leaders, for a sunny day or a rainy day or whatever that might be? How do I do that? Because the words I use in my prayer in community matters pretty significantly. So even in the Bible, it talks about how our words can bring life or bring death. So your out your out loud prayers that others can hear should not be they should not be bringing death. I'm not even sure if in some cases if they should be condemning. I think there's a time to pray for repentance. Right, Lord, help us. We need to repent. We need to confess that we are in desperate need of you. We are sinners. We are broken. We are bad. We lie. We cheat. We steal. We kill. We are, you know, and, and you can go on and on with all those things. I think there is a time for that. I also think there's a time that you should not do that. So we need to be wise. We need to ask God, give me wisdom and how I pray. Give me wisdom and how I lead my family and how I, how I follow how do I how I follow the lead of my leaders in my church, in my community, and those kind of things? And then where do I stand up? What if I say, no, 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 I'm not following that. No, we that is not biblical, that is not godly, that is not right, that is not just. So this is a, a pastor that I, I I followed for a long, long time. I, I still would follow him. I have no problems with him at all. He's just not pastoring anymore. And but I mean he is pastoring. He's just not pastoring a church. But he used to say this, and I love this line because I feel it's very appropriate that we should be God-centered. All right, so let me explain that a little bit. God-centered means we're not child-centered. It means we're not government-centered. We're not wealth-centered. We're not political-centered. We're not educational-centered. We are not, and the list can go on. And on. We are we are God-centered. 
And so God-centered means that we're always trying to think about how are my decisions um, reflecting my true belief, my true faith. Is my faith in politics or is my faith in God? So God-centered means our faith is in God. God-centered means that is the core center of our world. And so we go to church often. We pray often. We are in God's Word often. We are part of a group of people that do go to church. It doesn't mean we don't have other connections outside of that whatsoever. We definitely do, but we are God-centered. And the second thing is Christ-exalting, meaning we worship Jesus. We think Jesus is a big deal. We believe Jesus is the Messiah. We proclaim Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and we confess him with our lips. You could argue that confessing him with our lips means how we live. It it does not mean that we confess him once, get baptized, and then now we're done. No, how you live your life is is your word. So we need to be living our life truly and reverently uh, in a way that honors Jesus Christ, that that glorifies him, that exalts Jesus, right? So we're God-centered, Christ-exalting, Bible-saturated. Bible-saturated just means that I am in God's Word. I'm either listening to it, I'm reading it, I'm trying to study it. We're not all going to be theologians, but we should all know God's Word because we want to know God, and how else, what better way to know God than to read His Word? So He wants us to know Him, and He wants us to read His entire Word, and even to get into really good studies of it. But there's nothing replaces the reading of God's Word, prayerfully reading God's Word. So we're Bible, we're God-centered, Christ-exalting, Bible-saturated, missions-minded. The whole idea of us being on the planet is to spread the light of Jesus Christ, right? So we need to be about spreading that light so that more people come and join us. So in Matthew chapter 5, it says that we should be the light and let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and what? And join you in worshiping God the Father. That's the missional part of it. So worship is the fuel that leads to, causes us to want to be missional because we want other people to join us in worshiping God. So we are God-centered, Christ-exalting, Christ-exalting Bible-saturated, missions-minded, Justice pursuing. Now, this part I think often the church fails in the justice pursuing. What is just? What is right? What is best? What is good? These are the things that we should be about, even though they may not be popular, even though they may not bring us uh, wealth or whatever that might be. What is just and what is right? So it was as many Christians who brought about the end of slavery. They saw that injust of that. They saw how it was wrong. It was Christians that did that. It was Christians that started orphanages because they saw, hey, it's wrong just to leave a child. That child needs a family. That child needs a chance at life. It was Christians that developed those orphanages. It was Christians who brought about hospitals. Hey, we need to tend to the sick. We need to help the sick. We need to help them to get better. And if they're not going to get better, how are we going to help them as they move through life? It was Christians who did that. And so throughout history, Christians have risen to the occasion in the areas of, of orphanages and hospitals and, and education, uh, developing stronger marriages, family, those kind of things. And, and that was the justice pursuing, you know, being, being, trying to be a voice for those who don't have a voice, trying to be there for others who cannot speak up for themselves. 
helping the weak, helping the weakest, and throughout the world. And so there are Christian missionaries all around the world from all countries, South Korea and India and South Africa and Angolia and places like that. There are missionaries from those countries in other parts of the world, including here in the United States. Brazil has sent many people here to the United States as missionaries. What are they doing? They are helping us to pursue justice. So we're we're God-centered, Christ-exalting, Bible-saturated, missions-minded, justice-pursuing, pursuing believers. And and so and we need to be ambassadors of 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 the of peace, ambassadors of joy, and ambassadors of love. In other words, we represent God in these areas and that we should be a people who when people look at us, man, that that that's a loving family, that's a loving person, that's a loving community. That's a joyful person, that's a joyful family, that's a joyful community. That is a man of peace. That is a woman of peace. That is a people of peace. That's who we should be. So I want to encourage us in these troubled times, these crazy times, where maybe we feel our rights are being violated, where maybe we are scared because we don't understand what's going on. We have a fear over this coronavirus. We have a fear over some of the unintended consequences that are going to happen. That we as Christians, we need to rise up and say, you know what, what Ever comes our way, our God is able to help us through it. He is able. He will carry us through, and this too shall pass. And one day, and maybe it's tomorrow, and maybe it's in a 100 years, He is coming back to make all things new. And He will gather those who are His, and we will spend eternity forever in heaven with Him, glorifying Him in a perfect world. But until then, He does give us clear direction on how we should respond, how we should act, how we should pray and live and love and die. It's all in his word. So let me encourage you to get into his word. God bless you guys. Praying for you. Let me know what you think about this. I don't really know if you don't have my cell phone. So sons, definitely text me, call me. The, the The others of you that listen to this, uh, you can find me on Facebook, John Bushnell, and boy, what John Bushnell would it be? I have there's the Bushnell Project. Find the Bushnell Project on Facebook, and I think you can leave a note there or a comment there. God bless you guys. Talk to you soon.